Hi, welcome to Spend, Donate, Invest. I'm your host. I go by Gigi, which is short for Gennet Gimja. Typically on this show, you'll hear practical, concise conversations about how we can line up our money and our values. Whether climate change is what keeps you up at night or racial injustice, or maybe you're thinking about the quality of our public schools in America or the lack of clean water in parts of our country, whatever is keeping you up at night, what I like to do is if an email comes in asking about one of these topics, I like to do the research and then talk to some experts and share some realistic, practical, gentle suggestions that might kickstart your thinking. Every once in a while, an email comes in asking about what to read if you're interested in these sorts of topics. Back on episode 25, I went through a list of books that might be interesting for adults and kids. And speaking of kids, I know that some of you listen to this show with your children. I don't think there needs to be a content warning for this episode today. There's absolutely nothing graphic. But at some point, there is a mention of the existence of sex and the existence that it might or might not make you happy. Honestly, maybe that's a good conversation for all ages to hear. (laughs) But I'm sure you'll let me know in your feedback after today's episode. So if you're a parent, let me know your thoughts. Today, we're going to do a short book summary on a book called Why Women Have Better Sex Under Socialism and Other Arguments for Economic Independence by Kristen Godsey. This book was written for young Americans who were pissed off and energized by the election of Trump. The author is a professor of Russian and Eastern European studies at the University of Pennsylvania. She studies countries that went from socialism to capitalism, and she used to teach a class called Sex and Socialism earlier in her career as a college professor. Her big thesis if I had to sum it up, is that she starts by proving that capitalism isn't all it's cracked up to be, and that it turns out that as a society, we really can't have it all, and she zeroes in on women in particular. Based on her research, she believes that women will have more economic freedom and better work-life balance under socialism. Whereas capitalism has really reinforced gendered stereotypes and roles, Um, it's created a gendered wage gap in a situation where women end up working second shifts as caretakers. So in short, her data analysis suggests that companies pay women less because on the whole, women are more likely to, quote unquote, drop out of the workforce to take care of whoever needs taking care of children, grandparents, you know, um, relatives with health challenges. And because women are more likely to, quote unquote, drop out of the workforce, companies really don't want to hire them. So the way they make it make sense for themselves is to pay women less. Then it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle. Women are paid less because they're more likely to quit. And then paying them less makes them more likely to quit. Because in a heterosexual couple, if something comes up, if someone needs to be cared for, they're likely to look at who makes less money, and the woman typically makes less money, so she is more likely to quit to engage in the caretaking. This is the case that she's laying out in the book. So already you may be 
starting to disagree a little bit with some of her conclusions. She presents a historical record that indicates that in some countries, socialism was a time when women were invested in. Uh, She talks about the literacy rates for women that increased uh, networks of social safety nets like childcare, laundries, cafeterias, kindergartens. All of these things were invested in. Um, Maternal and child mortality decreased. Life expectancy increased. So she's not glorifying socialism. And she definitely spends time in the book talking about all of the really ugly aspects of socialism. But apparently, this book has been really controversial because some people are just not ready to hear any praise of socialism yet. So this book was her attempt at breaking out of her academic world and speaking to a broader audience. And that's where the catchy title comes in. There are a couple of chapters that discuss sex within socialism, but I want to say there's like six parts to the book and maybe two parts talk about sex. So the majority of the book really isn't um, quite about this, you know, very catchy title of um, having better sex under socialism. But still, let, let's address, you know, her hypothesis. Her her thesis is about this idea that care work, which is typically done by women, is not valued in a free market economy. And she's talking about all care work, whether or not women do it, but, you know, typically it is done by women. And the argument in the book is that when the state socializes care work, they take some of the burden away from women. So she talks about policies like maternity leave, federally supported child care. She looks at different types of socialism in different countries, and she looks a lot at the historical data on all kinds of things, including the well-being of women. And so that's where the conversation on sex comes in. So here it is. In a society where women have fewer opportunities to work outside of the home, they have to pick their partners based on whether or not he can pay the bills. So she's not necessarily choosing based on love or attraction or affection. She's picking or maybe her parents are picking her partner based primarily on his ability to pay the bills. And her idea is that when women have economic independence, she can choose her partner based on love, attraction, affection, mutual respect, a healthy relationship, chemistry, etc. And the data in her book bears that out. She looks at survey data asking women how happy they felt after sex. And she also asks questions, well, to men and women about whether or not they want to get married in general. And she presents the case that Women are less likely to have to work this second shift of caretaking under socialism. And she also presents a case that men are freer and more interested in marriage when they can set aside the preoccupation with being able to be the breadwinners for their families. So her desire is that we all have an informed discussion on socialism um, She thinks it can liberate women, and she presents ideas for how socialism could be done better at this time around. Let me know if you picked up this book and your thoughts on it. I was having a hard time with the goal of what she calls economic independence for women. It seemed to be measured by participation in the workforce, and that didn't sit well with me. We have more and more participation of women in the workforce here in America, 
And we all see that we are not free. We are hanging by a thread to our autonomy over our own healthcare choices, for example. And that's one of many ways I would I would argue that we're not free. Being an Eritrean American, I've seen, you know, the posters celebrating the women soldiers that helped to liberate the country from Ethiopia. On the surface, you know, the military participation of women is championed as a victory in terms of gender equality. But gender equality was never the goal and it was never the outcome. When we look at the failed socialist states that are mentioned in the book that supposedly pushed for women's participation in the workforce or in the military, it was because the governments needed more bodies, period. They needed more bodies to work, more bodies to pick up arms. So, yeah, if, if it meant that they had to better educate women or create these networks of the childcare facilities and laundries, et cetera, then they were willing to do it. And so in listening to interviews with the author, I think she's fully aware of this criticism and she gets it. Uh, You know, she's aware that governments often have ulterior motives, I think is what she calls it, in pushing for women's participation in the workforce. But she is solidly of the belief that women's freedom comes from our ability to get outside the home and to work. And I'm not sure about that. To me, that vision of freedom sounds like it's still rooted in the patriarchy. But I would love to hear from you all on that one, especially if you have an inclusive theory on feminism that includes more than heterosexual white women. That's probably the other observation that I could share on this book is that it's narrowly focused. Uh, If you've read this book, if you are an expert on these things, please educate me. I'm always interested to learn. That's a book summary on this particular book, Why Women Have Better Sex Under Socialism and Other Arguments for Economic Independence. The subtitle is probably a more accurate name for the book. The text isn't the easiest to read, and at times I felt like I was reading an academic paper, but don't take my word on it like everything else you hear on this podcast. Form your own opinion. Consider the conversations here to be a teaser or like a sampler pat platter to help you decide what you want to order for your own meal. I'll include a a lot of links, including an excerpt of the book if you want to sample before you commit to the whole book. Um, You know, if you find yourself voting on these types of issues, such as universal um, income for all Americans, it it might help you to read uh, this book or portions of it, or at least to be familiar with a different perspective on some of the pros and cons of different types of socialism. So uh, that's it for this week. I hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Please do send me an email anytime if there's a book that you've been curious about, if it connects to this topic of our money and our values please, by all means, feel free to send me a note. I'll read the book, research it, um, come back with some notes, and then you can decide if you want to read it for yourself. Anytime you have a topic you'd like to discuss on the show, you can email me at spenddonateinvest at gmail.com. This has been your host, Gigi. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Let's talk again soon.